And now, from the diamond to the dugout, it's the Twins Nation Podcast. And now, ladies and gentlemen, here's your host. This is Joe Gunderson, and tonight I'm joined by co-host Chris Larson. How are you doing, bud? Hey, Joe, not too bad, buddy. How are you this week? I'm doing just fine. Still got a first-place ball club. and um, You know, it's funny. Can't ask for much more. Somebody asked me about that earlier today, uh, earlier this week, actually. Asked me... Uh, if I've been following the twins and quite frankly, I've been so busy, haven't been able to follow. I had to ask him, are we still first in the standings? He looked at me like I was crazy. And then I look and sure enough, we're three and a half games ahead of the guardians. We are dude. Yeah. Um, just got done playing them again. Um, this past week we had a series against them and, uh, um, didn't go great, but thankfully <laughs> they uh, haven't been playing well themselves since they left. And uh, we were we had a one game lead on them when they left town, and and now we've got a three and a half or something game lead on them. I'm not sure what their score is tonight, but they those poor guys they keep having to play double headers because they got rained out so much and plus you know the season started a week late so they had to make up some games too but so they're they're probably pretty tired but that's okay (laughs) yeah i mean right right now you look at the guardians um they're riding a two-game losing streak coming into tonight's game um, against the tigers and right now bottom of the fifth they're down eight to two very well Cleveland could continue on this this little bit of a slide tonight and uh, could be staring at a not so good record. No, nah, no, they they are slip sliding away. Um, it's which you know, as a Twins fan, doesn't break my heart, but I can see, yeah, you know, it's. It's too bad if you are a Guardians fan that it's happening because I've been there. <laughs> but uh, so let's talk about them, though. When the Twins played them, there was a, uh, a three-game series, I believe, and uh, the, two of those games, the Indians, or I'm going to do that all the time now, the Guardians, not the Indians, um, walked them off. They, they hit two game winning home runs against them in back to back nights. And then uh, the twins then welcomed the Orioles to town and they returned the favor to <laughs> the Orioles instead. And they, so there was four walk off, walk off hits 
the games in a row the Twins were involved in, two wins and two losses, um, which I don't know if that's a record, but it, it, it's got to be close. Um, <laughs> so that was pretty nuts. I don't know if you – sounds like you may not have seen that because with – you said you nope. haven't been able to pay attention lately, but no. But um, what, what I had been watching was game scores, and um, that first game of the the Guardian series, that eleven to one win for the Twins. I, I honestly, after seeing them double up uh, Colorado six three just just the day before, and then come out and, and belt out eleven runs, I was, I was like, boy, if if we continue, because. I mean, you look at the the last two games of the Rockies series, six runs apiece, each of those two games, and then they go into to Monday's game against the Guardians and belt out 11 runs. I would say, you know, if if we continue to do that as, as the Minnesota Twins, the rest of this series, um, it's going to be hard to stop the Twins. And, of course, Tuesday came and and the Guardians uh, slipped past us 3-2, to two, but then we picked it right where we were on on Tuesday, in the the uh, last game of the doubleheader, blanked them six nothing. So it it mm-hmm. isn't for a lack of offensive output in those games that we fell. Well, that's that could be true. Uh, although since the since those uh, higher those games you're alluding to, it has been kind of a struggle for the offense, um, as a, at least until late in ball games, um, like they, like last night, for example, playing the White Sox, and uh, they uh, they did score six runs, but all of those came after the night came um, in the like the eighth inning or later, um, which is not recommended. <laughs> no, I mean, last night, they, you know, two runs for the Twins in the in the uh, fifth inning, um, and then the White Sox tied it up in the bottom of the seventh, forced yeah. extras, and, and yeah, exactly. We're score, uh, scoring runs. But we're scoring them late in the ball game. I'd much rather, as a as a baseball fan and and as a, a baseball nut, I'd rather see those those four runs come early, get the cushion, and and then build off of that. So I totally you know, get that frustration. Yeah. And then, you know, right now they're playing end of the third. You know, only one run. Yeah. Um, but I I totally understand that, and I I agree with you, Joe. Good, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's uh, it, yeah, it's just, but as long you know, the main thing is, of course, they they win, but uh, yeah, it's been a that's about the only thing that, um, if you're going to be nitpicky about the offense, that you can be a little bit com- complaining about is that they uh, um, seem like they wait till late in the ball games to to get runs on the board. Thankfully, the last few games, it's they've still outscored the opponent, which is the objective, obviously. Um, did want to talk about 
uh, since we were talking about last night's game, they pulled off something that's never happened in a Major League Baseball game before. I don't know if you saw this yet, but uh, they pulled off an 8-5 to triple play. Yeah, so it's kind of funny. I'm, I'm actually, I saw it, and I'm re-watching it right now, and yeah. what a play. I mean, Buxton just... Yeah. I mean, and literally had inches to go before he hit the wall and a perfect read on that. And then, you know, got it right into the infield. That was a heck of a throw to the infield. Yeah. I I, you try that 10 times over and, and Buck ain't going to do that again, but heck of a throw. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, and, it also really helps that the White Sox did not, Apparently, learn how to run bases. <laughs> yeah, uh, you watch well, that. I tell you what, my my Pee Wee baseball team from ten years ago probably could have ran better bases than the White Sox did in that play. I, I think they could, man. Uh, I really do because the lead runner. The the main thing is, um, you got to know, um, you got to know your where your outfielders are, and who the outfielders are. Um, and they should know Byron Buxton's probably the best center fielder in the game. And, uh, if it's in the ballpark, he's probably going to catch it or get close to it. Um, and there was, I believe, yeah, there was nobody out obviously. So in that situation, you should wait until it, it either hits the wall or the ground to, then you can start running bases, but they did not do that. And then the one guy, uh, the lead runner, he uh, he was supposed to, or he, I don't know what he was doing. He looked like he was going to tag up, then stop, and then didn't touch second. Then got to third, realized, oh, Buxton caught that, and just stood there while he gets doubled off. And then the guy, guy on uh, going from first to second gets tagged, and then... Urshela, who caught the relay, just stepped on second for the third out. And it was it's just – it's one of those things that seems like with a, with a triple play to me, it's always like, wait, what happened now? <laughs> well, the, the, the guy that got picked off at second, as, as yeah. I watch the replay again, he looks like he's like – maybe two inches off the bag, but nonetheless, he did not touch the bag. And, and right. that is just, that's careless baseball. I mean, exactly. again, yeah. you said it earlier, you got a guy like Buck out in the outfield. You need to watch, make sure he makes the grab or make sure he, you know, makes a grab or misses it and then make your move. They didn't yeah. do that. And look at what happened. Exactly. You do yeah. not want to make the front page at ESPN. <laughs> I'm sure they made Sports Center last like night for that. that. <laughs> um, bad look. Bad but, look I mean, on the uh, the White Sox. My goodness. But, but still, yeah. Credit, credit goes to Buxton for actually. You know, it didn't. Well, it was. I'm sure a difficult catch. He makes it look like it's not, which that's 
that's the if that's I the had, joy of watching him. If I um, had Bucks talent, I wouldn't I wouldn't need to work a day of my life. <laughs> uh we we could all say that, couldn't we? It's well, yeah, it's we could. Joy. Uh, so um so basically that uh game I believe, or it was the game before, made it so that half the season's gone. Um, so I believe game it's either game eighty two or eighty three tonight. Um, and uh, so, what are your first half impressions? And uh, do you have a mid season MVP? Well, so. I gotta be totally honest with you, as I pull up the the stats here. You bet. Um, my my impressions of the first half are Byron Buxton is the real deal. Buck right now, twenty two homers on fifty two hits. 12 yeah. extra base hits. Um, he's got a 231 batting average. Um, his OBP is is 300 or 302, but he's got a slugging of 571. Yeah. Offensively, right there, Byron Buxton is one of my first half MVPs. Um, Gio Urshela, another candidate for a first-half MVP. Urshela has impressed me um, at times. Um, obviously, being able to belt in 33 runs on 67 hits, that's not bad. But I really I want to look at the pitching. Because there's guys on this this pitching rotation, and now of course my stats have quit working. Uh -oh. I love technology when it doesn't work. <laughs> I, I mean, when it works, and today it doesn't work. You know, works all right. until you need it to. Joe <laughs> Ryan. Joe Ryan. Yep. There you go. Um. As a six and three record, an ERA of three, I would have to say that Joe Ryan is probably my first half MVP pitcher. Okay, not because of his ERA is uh, his record, but the fact that he's got um, sixty strikeouts. Yeah, that's not bad. That's not bad. In, he missed in, a few weeks there because of COVID. In in sixty six oh. innings pitched, he's got sixty strikeouts. About not about one an inning. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You know, I could I could say the same about Sonny Gray. Sonny in fifty four innings pitched, fifty four point two innings pitched, fifty four strikeouts. But Joe right. Ryan really has impressed me. I mean. And and I don't know. Do I dare bring up um, Sherry's favorite player, 
You can if you want. Tyler Duffy. <laughs> um, impressed me earlier, but really seems to have maybe fallen off a little bit. Although lately, he's the last couple outings, it seems like maybe he's figured something out. Yeah, exactly. But for for most of this season, it's been a struggle for the guy. But yeah, but the last couple outings, he's been looking better actually. So maybe he has figured something out. June thirtieth, he had four strikeouts in a inning and two thirds pitched. Yeah, it's not bad. Not bad at all when you only that's five outs. You know. Nope. So. So. I don't know. I, I wish Sherry was here to defend her boy Duffy. Yeah, I don't think she would be. She, <laughs> we know she's not actually a fan. <laughs> well, I know she's not, but boy, has it been fun teasing her about Duffy. Yeah. So that's my first half MVPs. Well, okay. Yeah, and um, I'm surprised there was one guy that you didn't mention, but I'll mention him as a possible um, guy for me. Is Mr. Luis Arise. Mr. Gets a couple hits every day. Um, leading the, still leading the American, or at least the American League, I think, maybe entirely, maybe entire baseball with uh, in uh, batting average. Um, and, uh, you know, he just... He's just a machine, um, you know, and so it's, uh, and it's been a, you know, people, you know, were uh, touting him as like saying, oh, he could be the next Rod Drew, you know, and I'm like, hold on, guys. <laughs> but now it looks like, well, maybe they know what they're talking about. You know, he's hitting and he's hitting above Three three forty, and it's so maybe maybe he is Rod Crew reincarnated or something. I don't know, but uh, it's been a joy to watch him. No, he doesn't hit a lot of home runs or anything, but but uh, I'll take a guy who gets three hits every day, and uh, it's it's a joy to watch him. Of course, like you mentioned, Byron Buxton. Um, would be I'd like to see the batting average higher than two thirty, but um all in all, can't complain about a guy who's got twenty two home runs already and uh as always plays playing stellar defense. Um you know. Um of course everybody's always gonna talk about games played with him, but um He's he's uh, stayed off that injured list and uh, played been able to play pretty much when when asked and yeah he gets a couple days off every week but that's what's gonna take um, we're just gonna have to live with that and uh, pitching wise um, you know I I agree with you that Joe Ryan he's He's fantastic, and uh, Sonny Gray. Uh, um, I don't think you know he's he's been, he's been great for them too. And I don't think with him that you can overlook the uh, 
the leadership aspect he's brought as a veteran, um, something that that uh, this this pitching staff really needed, and uh, was a great trade for the Twins this offseason to get him. Um, and early on, if uh, in the season, and he's starting to come back a little bit again. Uh, Dylan Bundy, you know, he did have a, a stretch there where we thought, oh man, he's he might get himself cut, but he's rebounded and uh, had a few good outings lately. Um, but I, I'd say my MVPs uh, this first half is uh, probably the same as you. I'm going with Buxton and Ryan as uh, my first half MVPs. Honorable mentions of uh, Sonny Gray and uh, uh, Luis Arise. You know, I, I just I have to take a quick peek at overall team stats. Mm-hmm. Offensively, in in the four biggest categories, here's how Minnesota sits at the halfway point. Um, batting average. Overall in the league, major league, uh, so this is, you know, AL and L combined. Minnesota sitting right now eighth in in the MLB with a 251 batting average as a team. On base percentage, they sit in seventh with a 322 OBP. Slugging percentage, they sit in eighth with a 416 slugging average. And uh, OPS, they are eighth with a 738 OPS. Okay. That kind of consistency <laughs> um, is amazing. Yeah, seventh or eighth in every category, he said? Yeah. That, that's crazy. Every yeah. category. And then uh, on the mound, I look at ERA. And yeah. uh, right now, the Twins sit in seventh uh, as a team with an ERA of 3.63. Um, behind the likes of, of Boston, San Diego, Tampa, Houston, the Dodgers, and the Yankees. All in all, if you're a Twins fan, I'd be happy with how things are going right now. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and if we can uh, fix the obvious flaws um, during uh, – in the next few months uh, or weeks here, actually, um, that puts us in a real good spot, um, which is kind of the next thing I, or, you know, the next thing I'll bring up because now, between now and I believe it's August 3rd is the trade deadline. uh, And, and, um, I'm, Everybody's wondering what kind of moves, if any, can we expect the Twins to make. Definitely, I would expect if they're going to make any, it's going to be in the pitching department. And it's probably going to heavily be uh, trying, seeing if they can get a uh, bullpen piece or two at least. They may, they probably, they probably would want to try for a, uh, a starting pitcher as well, but they definitely, I think, need to address the bullpen because it's it's sprung a few leaks pretty much all season, 
Um, otherwise, we'd even have better ERA and pitching stats than we do. Um, and, yeah, um, the latest headline accor- headlines according to MLBTradeRumors.com um, is Tyler Thornburg, uh, the designated uh, the righty, has clear waivers and has been outrighted off Minnesota's 40-man roster. It was announced yep. on the 1st that the Twins – uh, selected the contractor right, righty um, Juan Manea for AAA St. Paul. Yeah, and then uh, I believe, I don't know if, uh, but then what they also did, um, yeah, I believe they brought up Trevor McGill uh, yes. as well for for um, the guy you said, uh that was uh, outrighted because um, Manaya had been called up last week. Um, but uh, so, yeah. Um, and that's the thing is they keep having to go back and forth with these guys. That, and to their credit, a lot of those guys that keep getting designated for assignment um, because they're out of options. Uh when they are called upon, uh, they've done a decent job for the most part. Um, it's just too bad that every time they pitch too much and we have to get a fresh arm, we have to hold our breath. They won't leave the organization as their right would be if they chose to once they're, once they, uh, have cleared waivers. Um, so far, so good in that department um but uh oh i'm kind of sad to see i'm just seeing this now that uh chris archer has been put on the uh 15 day il yeah he was supposed to start tonight um he he, he's got a hip issue i believe and uh yeah so he uh that means i believe that every one of our starters has been put on the injured list at some point this season now he was the last man standing in that um, department. Um, but uh, I don't know how big a deal it is going to be. But, uh, but yeah, he had to be put on the injured list. Otherwise, he'd be the one pitching tonight. Um, instead, it's Josh Winder brought up to um, – and uh, which isn't bad because – Josh, the last time he pitched, he turned in six solid innings um, in a similar similar situation. The difference in that is that he was brought up to be the 27th man in pitching a in a doubleheader, um, and uh, then he was sent back down to the minors until today, um, and that was just last week uh, that he had to pitch. Um, I don't even know if he got a start in between them. <laughs> really, I don't. I'm not sure he appeared in a minor league game in between. Uh, but but he's he's been pitching well. He's up three to one right now. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say what a what a heck of a start for a winder. Three and two thirds innings in, uh, one run on four hits, three three strikeouts. Um, not bad. Not a bad start. Nice work, uh, Josh Winder. 
maybe this is the break that he needs it. And again, not knowing what's happening with Chris Archer, um, maybe this is a chance that, that Winder needs. This is his third stint with the Twins just this year, appearing in eight games, starting four of those eight. Um, you know, he's three and two right now. Uh, really hasn't gotten a lot of work in the in the minors. He has only eight innings of work. This might be the uh, the break Winder needs in the majors. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. Just uh, like I said, though, it doesn't sound like it's a, too serious of a problem with Archer. Um, but but you know. Um, Maybe maybe an unfortunate thing might happen to somebody else, and we know we can at least count on Winder uh, to be ready. So, well, the one thing, thing, to one thing about Archer is he's young. He's decently young still, yeah. Um, and uh, and um, unfortunately, he has had a lot of uh, injuries the last few years. Um, which is the reason why he's usually only going four or five innings every start he he uh, has had this year, um, and thankfully until now he had been able to avoid any injuries as a twin. But we will see just uh, just how long he's going to be out with his hip. Yeah, um, that, that darn injury bug. So hopefully, hopefully it's not too long. Um, so with the trade deadline, what are your thoughts as far as uh, did we pretty much pretty much nail it that they pretty much are just going to be looking for trade or pitching help? Uh, that that would only make sense to me. Yeah, I mean, really, they they're pretty deep in that lineup that. They have got guys, um, you know, they've had the injury bug in the lineup, but they've been successfully able to cover for those guys when that have been hurt. And uh, and uh, now um, a, a very interesting thing is uh, uh, going to be happening here in the next few weeks uh, in that, uh, they're going to have to figure out what to do with Miguel Sano as he started his injury rehab assignment uh, as of Sunday. And uh, I believe he can uh, uh, rehab his 20 days, and then they have to decide what they're going to do. Um, you know, so... And- I don't see a spot for this guy on this team anymore. And you know, I, was, I was reading uh, an article by Chris Shad from zonecoverage.com uh, earlier today. And this actually piggybacks off of the question you just talked about in the tread, trade deadline is coming up. Yep. As, as I look at that, you know, really the only place that I could see Miggy coming back is in the DH spot, but 
really, I don't even know that there's a, a spot for him there. The other thing is, Sano's in the final year of his contract, correct? I, I believe so. Um, that may be where this gets real interesting because they could look to trade him being as he's, you know, been in the, in the last year of his contract, you know, and, and as I look at over the years, what, what's been the, uh, what's been the kind of, what's the way that snow has been? I mean, he really hasn't shown me a lot of consistency at times he has been, don't get me wrong. At times he's been consistent, but then at times, you know, he could, you know, be one of those guys that are just coasting. And so I don't know. Could be good. Could be bad to get him back. Um, But what, this is going to be an interesting issue and it might be a good issue for the twins. I don't know. Yeah. You know, and you bring up, you know, sure. It's possible that they use him as a trade chip, but I don't see them getting anything of value for him. Um, and I, because he struggles so much just to make contact. Uh, he's a strikeout machine. Um, and he has no value defensively. Um, so, you know, like you're saying, if if he's going to be on this team, it'd be as a designated hitter. But they really, uh, they since they didn't bring back um, Nelson Cruz this year, they like to use that designated hitter as a uh, guy as a spot for a guy to not have to play defense for a day just you know to rest his legs or uh they've been using byron buxton there a lot as we know um so that try to keep his bat in the lineup but maybe so he doesn't have to run all over the field a night or two if you uh you know so i would and they're gonna continue to do that um so that would mean um, Sano is going to see a lot of bench time, you know. And uh, I don't, I don't remember exactly what his salary is, but I know it's it's one of the top guys on the team. And I don't know that you want to pay a guy to do nothing, but that might be what happens here: is that he's going to just be a bench bat or um play he's gonna play sparingly i just think um because yeah you could try to trade him but i just don't think you're gonna get anything for him because he has not performed the last few years when he even when healthy um because he you know he'll have stretches where yeah he'll hit cover off the ball but it takes like two or three months before that happens um He's always been a slow starter, and uh, it's it's to the point where I think it's safe to say he's been a big disappointment to this organization. 
Well, uh, two number two numbers come come to my mind right now, and that's the numbers five and fifty four. Okay. Five hit five hits in fifty four at bats this season. That's all he's got, right? You know, that's and then he all got hurt. he has. Yeah. And you know, of those five, one is a homer. One is a homer. And how many strikeouts do you see he's got? He's got to have quite he a few. He has, yeah, he's got, um, Sano has 21 Ks. 21 strikeouts in 54 at-bats. Yep. That, that's, see, that's too many. Um, and that's always going to be his issues. He's going to strike out. You know, he's what they call a he's what they call a three true outcome hitter. Walks, strikeouts, and home runs. That's pretty much all he does. Thirty nine percent of his at bats end in a strikeout. Mm-hmm. If I am the bench boss of the twins, that stat right there stares me right in the face. Right. And you know, he, he came into the season as the starting first baseman. Um, but now that um, – or starting first baseman slash DH, um, which that's what he would be when he if, when he comes back, um, the split his time between those two positions. But now they've got Alex Kirloff, who, by the way, just went deep, um, and um, Jose Miranda – who are well Miranda can also play third. So they got they got a mix of Kirloff, Miranda, and Gio Urshela at first, third and DH. Um, and they've all been per- performing fairly well in these last few weeks. So that that right there I don't you know that there goes your playing time from Miguel, and so, and and yeah, it'll be interesting Luis, to see if they got Luis Arias too, huh? And you've got Arias. Yep, yep, you got Arias at first, um, a lot of the time too. Yep, and uh, DH, you know, because you got to keep his bat in the lineup. So, yeah, so I I think he he may spend uh, the rest of this year as a bench bat, and then. When his contract's up, he's going to be on a new team. One I way guess, or the other. I, if you keep Sano to the end of the year, mm-hmm. I will be shocked. I think he's gone at the trade deadline. But again, what are you going to get for him? I mean, I don't think you get anything that helps this team this year. I think but, you trade him, you're going to you maybe get a minor leaguer. But they're trying to win this year. So, but you also, I mean, you may get somebody that's got a little pop in the bat. Yeah, you never know. I mean, you never know what you get out of a minor leaguer. That's the, that's the thing. But that's all they're going to get is some minor leaguer. They're not going to get, they're not going to get somebody who can help this team this year, most likely. I mean, unless they totally fool the team, which I 
I can't see that happening. Oh, I can't yeah. see it happening either. But I, I, I tell you what, I mean, really, Sano, that's an empty spot on the bench. If you've got somebody with even an iota of talent and skill that could come in in a even a pinch hit spot. Well, that's the thing, though. Their bench is pretty full. Uh, with, I think they're just fine in their bench. So you know, but, um, but I think, like like you said, Joe. I think regardless, end of the year, he's done. Yeah. He will not be he will not be in the state of Minnesota next year. No, I I just don't see it. He's played you know, too bad for him that the injury happened this year because he was gonna have to have a great year to stay the way it was. Um just because he's struggled a lot the last couple of years. Um, and then this happens that pretty much put the writing on the wall. That he, uh, it was questionable. I thought going into the year, whether he'd be back when his contract is up. And uh, now I think it's, there's no question. He won't be back one way well, or the other. If so. he is, if he is back, Joe, then I question the, um... I question the front office. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I question the smarts of uh, Derek Calvi and uh, Thad, Thad Levine. Yeah, I if that were to happen, that's exactly, you'd be having to go like, what are they doing? Why? Because <laughs> they got such talent that they that would be robbed of at bats if he's on the team. You're yeah. so right, Joe. Uh, so, I... I think we're in agreement there that he's playing out his last few, whether it be days, weeks, or months as a twin. Um, so let's see. Um, is there anything else that we should cover here? Um, well, I guess we could talk about the, uh, the All-Star breaks going to be here in a couple weeks here and uh twins they play the white Sox, i believe seven of the next 12 games um well that was going into the series they're currently playing against them um so that's big that that uh if they play well against them that i think that would be the pretty much the death knell of the white Sox. um you know, a team that everybody pretty much figured would win this division. They may be, for all intents and purposes, eliminated um, by the All-Star break if they do not play against the play well against the Twins. And so far, these first two games of this series, they haven't. You know, no, I think it's last night be- and they're getting beat pretty, pretty well. Like right now, as we are talking. I think it's going to be very telling how this series ends and then how that four game set at home plays out. If Chicago comes to play, um, they still could be in contention. If Minnesota does what they've done, 
in these first two games, Chicago won't touch them at home. And we'll go into the all-star break at Dodger Stadium with likely Chicago eliminated. Yeah, I mean, not not uh, technically they won't be, but they they would have one heck of a road they'd have to. Oh, they come back from. They uh, would. That would. I mean, it's not insurmountable. No, I mean, but it'd be a long, hard road. Yep. They'd have to, because uh, this is only the second time that the Twins and the White Sox have played this year, and we're talking. You know, it's we're past the 4th of July um, that so uh, they've got a twins and the White Sox play like uh, 12 more games against each other. I believe after this series, something, something like that. Um, so there's still technically time, but if they don't play well, um, they are, they're, they're looking at a really hard battle for them. And, you know, it's surprising to me kind of that um, they there's no real talk about them firing their manager, uh, Tony La Russa, you know, because this just has not worked out what they what uh, they were hoping when they hired him. You know, he's got such great experience, a longtime manager. Um, you know, he's won multiple championships. Uh, so, but it's just, it has not worked out at all since he's these last couple of years that he's been the manager of the White Sox. And it could be that he just, his time has passed him by. Um, yeah, he's 77 years old, you know? Yeah. And really he was hired because he's got a good relationship with the owner of the White Sox because his first managerial job was actually with the White Sox back in the 70s, I believe it was. Um, and um, so, and he hadn't, I believe he hadn't managed a team in 10 years before he got this job, something like that. Yeah. So we thought that he was done back then, which would have made sense. I mean, you know, he said, just like you said, he's 77, so he was in his mid-60s back then. That's usually about right when a guy would step away. And and, and, and he had, he would have gone out with two World Series. And uh, he's a Hall of Famer already. You know. Six years. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. He's won a championship in both the American and National League. And, uh, you know... Hall of Fame manager, but I just I don't think at his age relates to the players and the way the game is today is a lot different than what than it was in his heyday. Absolutely, it just looks like it was a bad bad match. And, no, for uh, sure, absolutely, you're totally right. But they won't fire him because the owner's too loyal to him. So, yep, I don't know. Kind of funny. That uh, we'll kind of an it. interesting choice that the owner would make. That let's just ride up into the sunset and uh, hope that this is our year, right, man? Yep. Yep. 
pretty much. Yeah. But uh, so, uh, so was there anything else that we didn't talk about yet that you, you you'd want to mention or? Nope. I uh, I'm looking forward to this this second half. Um, I yeah. think it's going to be a great second half of, of baseball, and um, I think good things are coming for the Twins. I really do. Yeah, definitely looks looks good. Uh, I think um, I like, you know, we've been through so many ups and downs just this first half, just even when we're talking about injuries, I don't I think that we can look forward to a team that I can't imagine they're going to face as many injuries the second half as they have the first half. So that right there comforts me. And, uh, um, you know, the schedule doesn't look too daunting. Um, so, yeah, I think it's going to be a fun second half. Pretty much as as fun or if not not better than this first half has been and uh it's gonna be uh, i can't wait to to be able to watch a team in the playoffs and uh hopefully we'll actually be able to talk about some uh, some happiness when it comes to the playoffs which we haven't seen in a very yeah. long time and you it's been well documented Well, anyway, uh, thanks for jumping on tonight, man. Uh, we missed miss the other two that usually would join us, but obviously they had prior commitments or or things that came up or something. So uh, hopefully they'll be able to join us and uh, again soon. You bet, hey, Joe. It's always, it's always fun and uh, can't wait to talk Twins baseball again soon. All right. Take her easy. All right, later, buddy. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Twins Nation podcast. You can follow the show on Facebook and on Twitter. On Facebook, just search for Twins Nation podcast. On Twitter, we're at, at Twins Nation pod. And Joe is at Big Joe Gun.